And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. Uh, you know, we don't have Mooney for this one, but... Sahadev's joining us directly from the Wrigley Field press box. So it is as if we are, you know, just like a huge mass of media personalities <laughs> here in the podcast. And you will probably hear them in the background as they, you know, poke at Sahadev and, and try to try to what's the what's the what's the audio version of video bombing? Like audio bombing? Is anybody yeah, going to jump on your mic real quick? Well, there's a, I, I mean, I'm in a booth that I've never like I don't really know who who's in here during the game. So uh, who knows when someone shows up and kicks me out in the middle of the podcast and just says, you're not supposed to be in here. Please leave. Pat so, Hughes walks we'll in. What, what are you doing in here? <laughs> His sweater is not hanging up ah. on the wall here, so I don't think he belongs in here. This ejection of Sahadev <laughs> is brought to you by Gold Coast Bank. Uh, all right. So the, uh, the Cubs are fixing to face the Reds this weekend. We are recording shortly before the first game of the series, assuming it happens, weather permitting. So um, you fine folks are probably listening to this uh, after that game in which the Cubs presumably continued along their very winning ways. So they've just swept the Pirates, and that puts them, we were just talking about it, what, 15-6 uh, and six over their last 21? Uh, that sounds right. And it hasn't... You know, what's interesting is we talked at the outset of this stretch, um, you know, right around the time when they had swept the Dodgers in that three-game series when it was like sort of a joke that they could possibly do that, and then they did. And we saw this chunk of the season looming when it was like, there's a lot of winnable games right now, and if they're going to keep themselves in the conversation, um, this they're going to have to do a whole lot of winning in May. And here we are for the last series of May, and they've done exactly that. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm doing exactly what uh, you know. I have to keep reminding myself that it was an easy stretch of play, so I don't. We got to be careful of not to read too much into it, but also to not you know dismiss it altogether. They're playing better baseball. They look like a better team. Uh, they're doing. You have to remember, good teams beat the bad teams, right? Like that's what they're supposed to do. The biggest frustration uh, for fans beyond just the poor play early on was that it, it was they were winnable games against. Uh, what everyone expected to be, you know, average to below average teams coming into the season. So those first three weeks, uh, it was like, wow, they're losing to teams that, you know, nobody expects to be like, you know, world beaters. Uh, obviously, the real test is, is about to come uh, after this Red Series. It's a very daunting schedule, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they do. But this is a completely different team, and it's been much more fun to cover, and I'm sure for fans been much more fun uh to watch uh, it's it's a different team right now it's a 
it's not like the hot streaks that we've seen in the past few years, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see how sustainable it is and how realistic it is that they can keep uh, keep playing at this pace. Well, and get this. The last time we were talking about how things looked different and the team looked more competitive and, um, you know, a switch had been flipped. A lot of that was predicated on the offense becoming a little more consistent, a little more contact oriented. And like the two guys we were calling out at that time were Matt Duffy and Jake Marisnik, uh, not necessarily for like carrying the load, but for the way they sort of changed the dynamic. Right. Well, they've been injured and out for a mm-hmm. long time. And so it, as much as we do correctly acknowledge this has been a softer stretch in the schedule, uh, if you're going to be competitive, you got to beat up on the bad teams it's also true that the Cubs have hardly been even close to full strength during this. I mean, Anthony Rizzo's been in and out. Uh, obviously, Duffy's been on the IL. Jason Hayward's been on the IL. Jake Marisnik, Nico Horner, uh, several relievers. And so, really, the only aspect of the team that's been unmarred by uh, injury so far is the starting rotation. And as we know, the starting rotation has been kind of the area that we've been concerned about. So... Uh, that too is impressive that even as the Cubs are now relying on guys like Patrick Wisdom and Rafael Ortega and uh, just filling and patching where they can, they still managed, for example, to sweep that Pirates series. And I mean, definitely big, big credit for that, that, that there's no, no sense of like, oh, people were doubting us anyway, and now we don't even have full strength. And so, okay. Like, you just don't see a lot of yield. Yeah, no. I, I Even in spring training, I remember I, I kind of liked the depth. And, and it, I don't even – I can't remember who uh, – there was another infielder. Who am I blanking on? Because well, we weren't, like, big on Duffy. You know, it's not like we were, hey, this Matt Duffy signing, I think, is, is going to surprise some people. No, Nobody was really on that. But, it was you know, Maurice Vargas. Nick is Vargas really – getting... Sorry, Vargas was getting more attention as, like, the extra depth guy. He's gone now, but – yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, Duffy has stepped up, Marisnik stepped up, and, and they, I mean, like, Patrick Wisdom had a big game the other day, and, and we barely talked about it. I mean, there's a reason we didn't talk about it, but, but I mean, it, th- those are the types of things you need, right, when you have injuries. I don't know how long it'll last. The, the good thing about the injuries are none of them are, like, the devastating type where it's, like, multiple months. Uh, you know, Nico, we just talked to him in pregame, and it sounds like... Uh, they they dodged uh, you know the worst case scenario there. Uh, he said you know if you saw me if if you looked at me and and, and saw that it, it immediately took away like this is a guy like writhing in pain. It was more I knew I was going to miss some time and I was frustrated. It wasn't this is a worst case scenario hamstring injury. It was man this is definitely going to keep put me on the IL and I'm pissed about it type Dude, situation. You're you're revealing this right now like as we're recording like you haven't written any of this up yet have you? No. Okay. So this is like me first hearing this and I'm like trying to stifle my excitement as you're saying, <laughs> as you're explaining that. Cause like I very much was someone who's watching and I was like, oh shit, he's a tough dude. Yeah. And if he's act, if he's looking like that, that is, you know, for real. And then the first signal, we can just talk about Horner for a minute. Um, the, when David Ross said, and he said this about Jake Marisnik's hammy also, uh, mild to moderate. Now, historically, those are like, clinical terms mild is grade one moderate grade two severe grade three um and i couldn't get a sense for whether that's just how ross speaks about him he's like yeah you know it's not not awful but it's it's definitely 
definitely strained and he calls that mild to moderate or if it's legit mild to moderate because then it's like oh this might not be a two-month thing which i was assuming two months minimum as i was watching yeah. him on the ground i think i read you write that uh i think that was you that wrote it maybe not michael and and i i read that and i like my sense was that he was relaying what he'd heard uh he because yeah that that was the sense i got i didn't confirm that but uh that along with what nico said along with what uh jed told some of the traveling reporters uh i i've gotten the sense that this is more uh jake marisnik timeline than worst case scenario timeline i think they they missed out on that luckily uh obviously a bad bad time to miss a month about which is probably my guess that's about what Mariznik is going to miss right I, I my sense is Mariznik is coming back soon how many weeks is that then he's uh, at about three and a half right now okay so I would put it at like as long as there's no setbacks as long as nothing happens I think that's the timeline we're looking at for him a similar timeline for uh, Steele although I don't really know how the difference between a pitcher and a position player how that may turn out uh, maybe he can come back a little bit sooner uh, I think they've missed you know I think they've gotten a little bit lucky here uh, we're talking about go look at the Mets right I think uh, McNeil and there's one other uh, big big player that has a hamstring on them that's missing like two plus months uh, that they Michael had, Conforto they, yeah, yes, I was like, which you. one? Like Nimmo's out and uh, uh, the, the, JD Davis players. is out. <laughs> yeah. Is out. I, yeah, they have so many players, uh, and so I, I guess a that like uh, the Cubs can't uh, whine about that, so to say, you know, and they're not. Well, they're certainly not. Can I that, inject? Because sure. initially I'd had that same thought as the Cubs were having all these injuries. I was like, well, look, the Mets like entire starting lineup is out, so you can't complain. However, I saw like the metrics on how much teams are missing right now and yes the Mets are on an island by themselves but the Cubs are right there next like the Cubs are actually quite banged up are they well, I know they're like top five last I looked uh, baseball prospectus has that great little uh, uh, thing now uh oh uh, uh, is someone want me out uh, <laughs> I may I may need to get out yeah uh, like I said uh, I thought maybe he was just saying hi to us. So I'm, we're going to, we're totally going to leave this in what's ha- and I'll, I'll, I'll narrate what's happening right now. So, you know, like I said, at the top, Sahadev is recording in a booth at Wrigley. And uh, as we're talking in the window behind him, someone appears and is sort of waving. And I thought it was just somebody sort of like saying, Hey, but no, it was someone being like, Hey, you get out of my booth. So Sahadev is, is, is being ejected right now. This is awesome. This he at least he mute, he muted himself so we can't hear that he's like oh i'm in trouble this is excellent this is this is some just great theater we're getting a little That's, behind the scenes tour of the press box seriously this, this is, is our producer this is michael is hopping on now yeah <laughs> sahad is chuckling he's bemused all right i've been i've been told i i i'm allowed to stay in here he he just didn't know what was going on let me plug back in oh, we don't nice. lose power here uh we can we can wrap up I mean, not wrap up, but we can we can do the podcast as long as, as what long do you as I'm think? Not here come game time. What do you think he <laughs> thought you were doing in there, Sadev? Uh, who knows? Who knows what he thought? Uh, just like a little something nefarious. Just a little private terrible Zoom chat. reputation just, I have in here. No, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who knows what he thought? But he he was nice enough to say, if you want to stay in there, I can go sit in the press box. So, so, um, so anyway, we we wrapped kind of there on the Cubs being very banged up. Um, and, you know, 
as <laughs> it occurred to me as these two topics coalesce, the tough schedule ahead and all these injuries, you know, the Cubs are going to be without Nico Horner for basically this whole stretch. We don't know if Jason Hare will be back um, or if he will be improved. Uh, he His, we don't have to get into it, but his start to the season has kind of escaped a lot of direct discussion, I think, because there was other things happening. But um, for the, a guy who was one of the two best hitters on the team last year, he, he really was coming out to a slow start. And so um, certainly you wouldn't bet on a hamstring injury turning a guy's season around. But sometimes that ability to reset away can do a little something. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like this has always been Jason Hayward, uh, but the extremes have been uh, clear, like clearer in Chicago, where he he just he's a very streaky offensive player, and when he gets in a zone, like he gets on tears, uh, and and he gets you know like his timing. We've talked about this before, but his timing, his swing is so uh, unorthodox, I guess that uh, the timing is so essential. Like if it's slightly off, that's when you see all those four threes and. And just uh, the frustration that fans have, especially early on in his career with the Cubs, it's it, he never really got on those um, hot streaks. And we don't need to dive into why, but there was a lot going on there with his swing. And he finally started to get it, I want to say, in like 18 or 19. And we would start to see those hot streaks. And obviously 20 was pretty much an entire hot streak for him. Uh, I, I think he was about to get on one. It, it looked like it. He was starting to swing swing it better he was hitting the ball harder and finally on a line instead of on the ground and and when he goes oppo with the ball that's when you know his timing is right because he's a he's different than today's uh, uh offensive players who like to get the ball out in front he likes the ball his swing is geared to the ball like getting deeper in the zone uh so when he's going opposite field on a line it's like okay his timing's there he's gonna start going on a little bit of a run as long as he stays healthy so uh, while, yeah, maybe it helps to kind of reset and, and he can stay on time, uh, it is – I question, like, uh, this is exactly what's derailed him in the past. Like, uh, 18 or 19, there were times where it's like, uh, Jason Hayward's gotten hot, getting hot, and then uh, he's going to miss a, two weeks with this. Or he got that – I think there was a concussion once. I think there was a – I can't remember all the injuries, but, you know, there's been little things and it threw him off his rhythm and he came back and he couldn't find that same streak he was on. And hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully he, this is the reset that he needs, but yeah, yeah, that's, it, uh, you know, the Cubs need uh, as many bats as they can get, because I don't know uh, how much you can count on uh, Patrick wisdom and Raphael Ortega really being consistent. Uh, not, not to rip them in any way, but a, a tremendous uh, job finding depth, quality depth this off season. But uh, you need your best players in the lineup more regularly, especially at the stretch they're about to go into. Yeah, and you wonder, too, when Hayward is ready to come back, it's not hard to imagine that Marisnik is ready to come back at the same time, and now Ian Happ is already back, Jock Peterson is already back. There were times when both of them were out that afforded the ability for the Cubs to play both Matt Duffy and Jake Marisnik regularly, even when Hayward was healthy. And that, then it's like, oh, when they all come back, and you're, for example, if you're wanting to put Duffy at third, so Chris Bryant has to play in the outfield, that clips out a spot right there. And then you've got Jock, who's hot as anybody in baseball, and Ian Happ is really turning things around, and Mriznik is back. You start to wonder what that playing time share is going to be like 
and you know we don't have to go down that road right now because these guys will come back over time but it is it's been interesting that until now when you have so many guys out at the same time until now it was like everybody coordinated nicely because it was like one dude was hurt at a time looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so one thing we have to touch on, uh, I say have to, it's more like we get to, because that's the that's what life is like when you cover Javi Baez. It's like, look at the delight that we get to uh, bask in. And of course, if you haven't seen it, which, is it possible at this point? I don't know how, I don't know how you missed it. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen that play, it. I don't. I don't know. Like, are you not online enough? I mean, I get, or you just had a really busy day at work, or the kids are on your butt, or what? But <laughs> if you missed that play, you missed the most, one of the most incredible things I've ever witnessed. Like, I, I don't. So I'm not sure if people notice this, but when I'm kind of off, if Patrick's on, I, I don't tweet about the game. I just kind of try and stay offline. I, I do keep. Uh, tabs on what's going on often i'll sit and watch the game at home even if i'm not writing or on so to say uh but i I avoid twitter but that play which if you haven't seen it it, brett do you you want to describe what happened Uh, i would love to my entire career has been building to to having the privilege to describe a play like that so uh two outs you got wilson Contreras on second you got javi Baez up and you know there's a there's a part I've been so I've watched the play like I'm not even kidding like 50 times because I just oh, yeah. enjoy Same. it so much. It's so it's you notice such a fun uh, you know, time to watch. One thing that I find that nobody has really commented on is that so it was an O2 pitch right and it was O2 like up at his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, only yeah. Javi swings at that pitch, let alone pulls that pitch and pulls it hard. No hard, no discussion yeah. of that part. That's just kind of he happens to pull it right at the third baseman who gives one of those sort of ole plays and kind of tosses it over to first. Javi's beat by 30 steps. But the throw pulls the first baseman, Will Craig, up the line a little bit. So he's waiting for Javi to just arrive so he can tag him, as any runner would. And Javi doesn't. He just sort of kind of teases back a little bit. And then he prances back a little bit more. And what was so artful about what Baez was doing is he never gave Craig or anyone else watching, including the entire rest of the Pirates roster, a moment to realize, wait, 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 I don't need to be chasing this guy. Yeah. You know, Javi was the uh, the rabbit at the Greyhound track, you know, that, that, that goes around the middle that the, the, the that they're chasing. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if the dogs would just stop and think for a second, it's like, wait, 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 what am I doing? 
Why am I? Ch- why am I chasing it? I don't need to do this. That was <laughs> that was Will Craig. He did not have the opportunity at any moment to be like, wait a minute. If I literally just walk backwards and touch first base, this inning is over. No run is scoring, and it's all it's all just like a funny little thing that you know people listening to this wouldn't have seen. But instead, he chases Javi all the way back to the plate, and like one step short of the plate, he decides, unbelievably, to toss the ball to the catcher because Wilson Contreras, very heads up, just kept running, and he slides <laughs> into the plate, and the catcher also just has the total Javi-induced brain fart instead of being like, wait a minute, man, thanks for throwing me the ball, but like, just take it back to first base. Just, I don't need this. You take yeah. it, walk it back to first play over so the catcher tries to tag Contreras out it's close play he's safe Javi stands there (laughs) waving the safe because Javi see he's so magical he did it to himself even a little bit he's like holy shit he's safe (laughs) oh wait I need to get to first base or none of this counts and you can see it you can see him like do the safe and then kind of like tense up and like oops I gotta go run and he turns around and like runs his butt off oh my god it was so fun and then not one but two Pirates infielders simply could not catch the ball in order to either complete the play at first or tag him out at second. If either of those are caught, he gets out. But Javi just has, yeah. that's that's the effect that he has. Yeah, it, it was just one of those. So uh, Boog Shambi was in the press box earlier today and, and I texted him after the game and just said, I know you guys are not at the ballpark, but that was an awesome call. Still, you guys were able to do a great job with it. Uh, and then we talked about it again. And just like if you go, I'm sure people have watched it a hundred times. If you watch it again, just remember they're watching what we're watching. So they don't see the whole play. It would have been a different call if they were there. I almost think it may have been more fun to listen to both of them. Like because you see Wilson like all of a sudden show up out of nowhere in the screen. And Boog's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like what's going on like type thing. And <laughs> <laughs> Their reaction is just so natural and pure. I loved it. And and JD was great. He was just like totally into it. And he's like, he's invisible. I'll keep going. Well, I loved that. When when Javi got to second base after all the shenanigans, <laughs> ball gets away. JD was all of us. All of us were like, just keep going. Just keep going. And then the camera panned because I think that was the same feed that they got. And it showed, oh, wait, the third baseman's right there yeah. with the ball. Who cares? He's invisible. But- just go. And it was just so fun and I like live watching it. I'm sure you were reacting crazily. I was just like, what, what is that? Why is it? He just go to first touch. Why is this guy not going to first? And then I was, like, it was just so I was like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? Like, it was just, you don't have that type of fun moment just watching a game anymore. I don't know. It's just, I, mean, I shouldn't say you don't have that type of moment anymore. It has nothing to do with the, the way the game is played nowadays or anything. I'm just saying like, Th- those types of moments never happen where you're just like dumbfounded by what just happened on the field. They rarely happen. And then how that happened running back. Like, I love how people are sending out stills of like, you know, try and explain this moment, right? Where they're all at home. Wilson's uh, sliding into the plate. The catcher is trying to tag him. Uh, Javi's there too. And so is the first, like every, there are four people at home on <laughs> ground ball to third. It's just just wild, just fun. I know people want to say like it was just purely a dumb play by the Pirates. I get that. I get that aspect. It was. It was a huge brain fart. But also, imagine you're on the field and you know Javi Baez is known for doing wild things on the field. And you start to approach him with the ball and then he starts going back and it's like, 
you just forget everything. All everything like because of his I'm not saying it's purely him. It's also on Will Craig and and all his teammates for not just screaming uh you know go touch first. Uh but Javi deserves some credit there for the reputation that he has of like, oh, I it's Javi Baez. I got to do something here. Oh, you just forget what everything about baseball, the most basic things about baseball, the things that I've literally talked to my son about this uh, in Little League stuff like this is Little League. No, no, no. Don't throw that ball home. Go touch the bag. You had the out at first. Like the inning was over if you would have just done that. And it's just remarkable it was so fun to watch so fun still it's so fun to watch it's just a, I, I, anyone that's downplaying it or saying it's just purely stupidity that that led to that i, I mean stop ruining the enjoyment of of the game like that was a fun moment not fun for pirates fans not fun for will craig i feel awful for that guy i'm sure he he feels uh, uh terrible but it was just really entertaining to watch and and uh Javi can do that. I know I know it's not purely on him, but when he's out on the field, especially running the bases, it puts an extra thought in in the in in a defender's mind like uh, I got to deal with this guy and and it worked out there. It'll never happen again. I don't think you'll ever see anything close to that again and it shouldn't have happened, but it's still <laughs> I'm so glad we got to watch it. It was so fun. It was just it brings out the joy and, and kid in all of us, I think, watching that. And all the different broadcasts, I've watched all of them on Twitter. People are putting them out there. I think the Pirates, one of the Pirates broadcasts was like talking to the bench coach at the time, I believe. And the bench coach is like, you hear him like muttering, like, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this. <laughs> like, like kind of in the background and like the, the play-by-play guy's like, chuckling he's like <laughs> look at the he's like oh i don't think this is he's like well maybe this isn't very funny <laughs> and, then, look, and, then, and then that's when the madness happened that's when you see wilson come in and oh god just just so much fun just a brilliant oh brilliant and, and shouts to to uh the cameras for catching the cubs bench with uh the <laughs> just the two appropriate yeah. reactions which was Justin Steele standing up on the rail, clapping in pure awe, like, I cannot believe this is amazing. And then Anthony Rizzo next to him, absolutely losing his mind, cracking up, because he knows. He's seen this. He hasn't seen this specifically, but he's seen Javi for years, and he's just laughing, because it's like, who else? You know, there's a reason that Javi has had the El Mago nickname for four years before this. It's because... Yeah, he's doing something this time that is like maybe next tier extreme that you've never seen or that shouldn't be possible or that. But he is that guy, which is why it's like to say that this was predominantly about a big leaguer making a little league mistake. um, Yeah, sure, maybe. And maybe it's just a coincidence that it happened with the one base runner who is known as being the most ridiculous, absurd, magical base runner in baseball. Yeah, just a coincidence that it happened. Uh, no, I'm going to wager a guess. This does not happen with any other base runner running to first base. Um, so, you know, Cubs are clearly going to extend Javi Baez shortly because, you know, you can't you can't let that go. <laughs> you can't let a guy go who can pull runs out of a hat quite like that. Um no, but uh, yeah, I think it was a nice reminder, though, you know, because Javi has also had a, a really good May. You know, he, he was struggling deeply in April, like a lot of the hitters were. And he, although he's been doing it in his in an extreme version of Javi's unique way of he 
just gets the bat on the ball so many times. He's got a huge bat pip because he creates these weird contact angles. He runs well. He's not going to walk. He's going to strike out a crap load, and he's going to hit for a lot of power. And the end result has been a, a solidly above average hitter. And um, defensively, it's been a weird one. He had that play yesterday too, the throwing error, which it was just like, oh, Javi, why are you throwing that? Uh, and he, has, he put a couple other ones in the dirt too. I think his, his throwing yeah. is just off a little bit right now. Um, but at the same time, he does that play, and you're just reminded not only does he create extra baseball extra baseball value in ways that are harder to quantify he also creates he also creates the kind of value that i guarantee 29 other fan bases would love to be able to participate in because we can't forget that baseball yeah it's about wins and losses but we care about wins and losses because wins are fun and losses are not fun so when you get to watch fun stuff that's still the point you know, being entertained yeah. is still the point. And so in that way, it's like, how how could you ever let Javi go? You know, if you if you lucked into having this guy as part of your team, how could you ever let him go? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, those first three weeks, 2020, and those first three weeks of this season, I think just put him in the rearview mirror and, and remember who this guy is and how much, how much fun he is, how much value he brings, and how sometimes that value can is... is immeasurable right like i i've always said with him he's one of he's one of the guys where i i don't try and understand why he's good anymore uh the strikeout rate may be high the walk rate may be low the babbit babbit may be high and all these things that you'd look at and say yeah this guy on a normal player like this guy it's not sustainable well i don't care i don't care if if the numbers say one thing sometimes there are players that kind of transcend the numbers and there's just a, something about them that makes them good to great players right it, it happens every once in a while i think he's one of those guys he, he proves those numbers those peripheral numbers that a lot of people like you and i like to lean on he shows us that this isn't the be all end all like there's something to appreciate about baseball that that is really sometimes hard to understand unless you just watch it every day and you're like yeah there's something special about this guy just ride it and enjoy it and and keep it around if you can well, uh, we'll wrap it there. Um, like I said, Cubs, Reds this weekend, and then Padres, Giants, Padres, uh, Cardinals, Mets. It's a real tough stretch. Just brutal. And um, obviously, it, it feels like it means it's all the more important this weekend to take two of three from the Reds, particularly at home. Uh, and, you know, Cubs will try to do it banged up. So we'll see how that plays out. We will be back at you on uh, Tuesday to talk about it. And we thank you kindly for listening as always to on to Waveland. I am Brett Taylor. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma. Get his at the athletic. Uh, Mooney's is also at the athletic, uh, wherever he is. I think he's, he's having some family fun. We'll say, uh, this weekend. So good on him. Enjoy that time, Gallagher. And we will see him and the rest of you back next week. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We love you. Email us too. Oh, gosh. See, that's why he's the producer. That was Michael jumping in because he knows he's like, Brett's going to forget. He's doing his wrap up. Brett's going to forget. So he was primed and ready. Yeah. So got to say congrats, by the way, to our producer, Michael, who became a papa recently. So he was 
he was out uh, doing some child rearing. And in that process, the the email, remember we were doing emails? That that kind of took a little side a little side seat. So we're going to get back to that because we did really enjoy that. You guys sent some fantastic emails and um, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's a comment, whether it's a question, whether it's Cubs related, whether it's, um, you know, just about the podcast, whatever. Get into it. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so that email address is wavelandathletic at gmail.com. Okay, wavelandathletic at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, and if it's really good, we'll read it. If it's really bad, we'll read it. So really, you've just got to hit one of those extremes. So thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.